Welcome to season two of the Craft Beer Connoisseurs podcast. I'm Chris, and if you're new to the podcast, we're three friends and a producer who like to showcase craft breweries and their beers. Also, we like to end every episode with a short conversation on a variety of different topics. If you're not new to the podcast, welcome back. We'll keep things similar to season one. After all, if it isn't broke, then don't fix it. Whether you're new or returning, please feel free to listen to all of our season one content. And remember to follow us on Instagram at Craft Beer Cons, send a friend request on Untapped, or subscribe on YouTube at Craft Beer Connoisseurs. Also, drop a comment, like, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Now for today's episode. Welcome to the Craft Beer Connoisseurs. I'm Chris. I'm Tyler. And I'm Brett. And along with us today is producer Chuck. Hey, Chucker. Hey, Chucky. So, uh, <laughs> I love that for us. We all have different names for them. Yeah. Uh, in today's episode, we're going to be reviewing Walkerville Brewery in Windsor, Ontario. Oh, I know that place. Yeah, me too. We're going to be having mm-hmm, two beers today. The first one is Pin High Pills, which is a Pilsner. Yeah. Okay, good job, guys. <laughs> and the second is their Irish Red Ale. Okay. And to finish up the episode, we're going to share some of our most memorable. Post-secondary school experiences. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. All right, so Walkerville Brewery is located at 525 Argyle Road in the Walkerville neighborhood of Windsor. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Quite a bit of sense. Uh, so they're actually the largest brewery in Windsor. And the brewery was founded all the way back in 1885 by Hiram Walker, a man known as the founder of Hiram Walker and Sons Limited, who also manufactures spirits such as Canadian Club. There you go. Yeah. It's, it's well known in that area. It is. Yes. You can you, smell it. I, oh, you took it away from me, man. <laughs> you can smell it. You guys do know Windsor more than we do. That's we for do. Sure. I know that. We know that East End Windsor. <laughs> We're going to be doing a nostalgic trip someday. Yeah. We have to. We have so to. the initial incarnation, incarnation, oh my goodness, the English initial incarnation. See, I got it. Now. It's a tough word. Uh, it is. Elthabury operated from 1885 until 1956. A new company with the same name started in 1998, but later declared bankruptcy in 2007. The company was later purchased again and became the brewery it is today. Man, the last 80% of that, I nailed it. <laughs> Third time's a charm. Not for your speaking, but maybe for the brewery, right? Uh, Walkerville... It handcrafts unique styles of beers in small batches using quality barley. And again, we've seen this time and time again with craft breweries. When you use quality ingredients, you get quality beers. Absolutely. Right? So they, again, pride themselves on delivering fresh, flavorful beers. Again, dovetailing off the barley, right? Yep. So in order to get flavorful beers, sometimes you want to ensure that those ingredients are, again, quality. Yep. They always have unique and interesting beers flowing from their tanks and tabs, um, hopefully into cans, kegs, if not. Glasses, My even. glass, yeah. yeah. My glass. If, if not, we might just want to go there with a straw and just mop it up for them. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some spillage dripping out of the tanks. Yeah. So do you guys kind of want to talk about the brewery? I haven't. So this is kind of interesting, right? Because we weren't really into craft beer before. Um 
when we were actually in Windsor. We were not. Uh, I enjoyed a type of beer, and you told me it was water, and thus our friendship began. Um, Yeah, I I thought that I was drinking premium beer when I was drinking Heineken's. Yeah, and the other time I'd bring out Dos Dos Equis. Oh, I love the Dos Equis. Yeah, and I'd call it Dos Equis. Yeah. (laughs) You don't always drink beer, but when you did... It was my beer. It was Dos Equis, yeah. <laughs> so, Stay thirsty, friends. <laughs> so Walkerville, sorry, Walkerville Brewery. See, um, it's tough to get English show right now. It, it, sometimes it can be that way. Their beers are brewed with tradition in mind. And we've seen this again, time and time again. Um, they really pride themselves in the tradition of their beers. Mm-hmm. So they use the finest ingredients, as previously mentioned, in their unpasteurized single batches with no artificial preservatives flavors or colors so what we see today when we crack these beers no artificial preservatives no colors no artificial flavors at all we're, we're talking about good quality ingredients 100 percent pure and, and hopefully that comes out with uh, again premium fresh handcrafted beers yeah perfect so the brie occupies an eighteen thousand square foot building called surge plant 16 and it's only <laughs> it's a, a cool couple, name right and it's only a couple blocks away from the original brie location the brewery also strives to bring together community through events, festivals, and fundraisers, as we've seen with a lot of breweries uh, throughout our seasons. Yeah, so they're actually part of something that was recently announced called Distillery Square. Um, so if you've ever been to the Walkerville area of Windsor, there yes. are, I, I don't know, a half dozen distilleries there, uh, right by the Via Rail train station. So yeah. as yes. you get off the train, just... That malt hits you in the face. Um, it's so, like a bread factory. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, it totally does. So Distillery Square will transform some of Walkerville's historic and iconic buildings into the center of a vibrant and urban lifestyle. So basically, they're going to have some residential lofts, office and rest, restaurant and retail spaces, a boutique hotel, and of course, Walkerville Brewery and the Hiram Walker Distilleries. Um, so... Taking a look at it online, it kind of reminds me of the uh, 100 Kellogg Lane here in London, um, where it's kind of like a lot of different, you know, things. In mixed one, uses. Yeah, a yep. lot of different mixed uses. From a zoning perspective. Ha- happening yeah, in, in one place. place yeah. Right, yeah. So it's like your, your one-stop destination for a whole bunch of different things. So I'm going to jump in there and say that Windsor struggled with its identity after kind of the automotive crash mm-hmm. and what we saw with the retail. Or, but then they sorry. found it once you guys left, right? <laughs> yeah. Sure. So the, the real estate issues in Detroit and, and how that kind of, uh, you know, played itself over on our side of the border as well. And so I think that something like this is really good for Windsor. And and shifting people out of that downtown core and giving them a different experience experience on that east end yeah. is kind of crucial. And I, I really like what they're doing and, and the mixed uses and and really looking at the, the, their zoning bylaw and, and really making those changes to allow for, again, office, retail, um, residential loft. You're really creating a community within a community. Yeah. And, and that's exciting to see. Because really the only kind of touristy area in Windsor was – the casino, Caesars yeah. Windsor. Um, right. And, you know, that's right downtown. Um, what about Treehouse or like Boom Boom Room? 
Yeah, I don't think those exist no, anymore. No. Yeah. No, we, no. The beach. Yeah. The beach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The beach was gone before we even left. Yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, moving moving people out of the downtown to still give them that you know kind of cool experience. I think that that's great for the city. And right by the Via Rail, as you previously mentioned. Right. Again, it, it it's at stop. Yeah. Just get off the train, Chuck. We keep it. We keeping you up, Chuck. <laughs> Chuck's gone. Oh boy! Uh, oh, yawn, this is, is going to be a tough Tyler one, boys. Chris are kind of just going through talking about wins or this and wins. Why that. are you talking about the awards then, right? I will. That's more exciting than hearing you guys talk. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> they have won twenty-one Ontario Brewing Awards, including nine golds in the past six years. So, just kind of touching on twenty twenty-one uh, in terms of the Ontario Brewing Awards, they won their gold for the Honest Lager and Scotch Ale, and then bronze for the Kremlin Russian Imperial Stout. And in terms of the Canadian Bring Awards, they won two golds. Uh, one for the Robach Doppelbach, and then one for the Geronimo IPA. And I've actually had the Geronimo IPA before. There nice. you go. Yes. Now, do you want to talk about some of the experiences? Because, so, again, Chris and I have not been there, but no, I believe I that you have been there. Is same with producer Which Chuck. Which is, this is kind of the, the ironic thing about this, that you guys lived in Windsor for four years and never, vi- never ventured there. No, no money for that craft beer. <laughs> yeah. We're struggling. We're broke. We're myself. Struggling students. And producer Chuck, and the only time I think we've ever been to Windsor in our lives, made a stop at Walkerville. <laughs> it's probably true. Anyway, um, so yeah. uh, producer Chuck uh, went for a nice little tour of Windsor last year, and he stated that it's kind of his, fa- it was his favorite brewery. Kind of reminded me of his, kind of reminded me, kind of reminded him of like a Nashville type bar. Look from the outside, inside there's lots of displays, you know, in glass cases of cans, bottles, and then as well as history posts on the wall. And you know they have some cool swag. Ooh, mm. right. love some swag, which yeah. they actually uh, provided to us as well. We have a little bit of swag. Oh, nice. Who yeah. <laughs> doesn't like some good swag? Right? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so in terms of beers that we've had from Walkerville, uh, Chris, I'm going to l- let you lead with this one. Yeah, so I've only had one. Uh, it was called the Smooth Sail Summer Ale. Um, Good name, though. It, it is a cool name, a uh, cool can. I actually only uh, d- didn't rate it too high. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, hey, that to each their own, right? Yeah. I'm, I feel as though uh, these two beers you're going to rate high today. That's okay. I hope so. Yes. Uh, for myself, I had five before, and my most favorite, or highest rated, if you will, was the Whiff Unfiltered. Oh, 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 sorry, I thought we were talking about you at the plate. No, I think it has to go. Oh, okay, the, sorry. I'm sorry. pretty sure it has to go with the pin high. <laughs> that we're in a bit. Uh, might have been the changed name. But anyway, uh, in terms of uh, the beer I've had from Walker Road, I had five. With Unfiltered Pilsner was my highest at a four. Uh, Tyler, speaking yeah. of how many beers you've had from there. Well, yeah, whoever wrote the script here basically gave me what I like to call the Tim Hortons, otherwise known as the Donut. So you've had zero, so kind of like had, your batting average. I've had, right. z- I've had zero, yeah, unless I was you know, hitting against you. <laughs> It'd be a different story. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you'd still be at zero. Yeah, okay. And Chuck. Chuck has had, so we mentioned that Chuck went to the brewery, four beers and one cider. So Walkerville also nice. uh, also does ciders. Uh, uh, the Tropical Breeze Cider. Give it a 4.75. That's pretty high. That also, is high. producer Chuck likes his ciders. He does. Uh, <laughs> and his highest rated beer was the Rob Roy Scotch Ale at 3.75. He says their cider is fantastic. Uh, went with his mom and his fiance. Aww. They, they both thoroughly enjoyed the ciders as well. 
Chuck and his go. fiance. Oh, I'd yeah. love to see that. Yeah, you do. So in the LCBO, we got the Honest Lager. I wouldn't lie to you about it. And they've also got the Purity Pilsner, the Easy Stout, the Geronimo IPA, which was previously mentioned, the Rob Ray Scotch Ale. So just in case Chuck wants to get a little tasty poo-poo, there you go. That one's for your <laughs> yep, wife. thank you. Kremlin Russian Imperial Stout there. You might want to stay away from that one uh, just based on the current things. And the Argyle Apple Cider. So they do have what I would consider a plethora in the LCBOs. And but some you, award winners, too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But do you want to know what you can't stay away from or shouldn't stay away from? What's that? The actual brew itself. Mm. Uh, so in terms of their hours that they are open, Sunday to Thursday, 11 to 6, Friday, 11 to 10, and Saturday, 11 to 8. Now, they only do delivery in the Windsor-Essex area, but they do give free delivery on orders $35 or over. Now, although we're not in the Windsor-Essex area, we still got our beers delivered. So, so that was very nice of them. Yeah, that was very we nice. We also do have friends still in the Windsor-Essex area that I think we could tap into. If I, I, think, I think we could do that okay. if needed, for okay. sure. Okay. So as always, we're going to link to their information on our social media so you can get a hold of their beers. And I feel as though maybe we should tap into the first beer, eh? Let's do it. All right. And we are back. So yes, big, are. big thank you to Natalie at Walkerville for providing the beers on today's episode. Thank you. Yep. Round of applause for Natalie. So the first beer we're having today is called Pin High Pills, which is a Pilsner. Uh, comes in at 4.3 ABV and 16 IBUs. And that's why I kind of like, you didn't hear my clap because I was doing a golf clap. For oh, the Pin High I see. Pills. Okay. Miss that. Sorry. Yeah, yeah this is, uh, stay tuned here because this is going to be a long description of it. So it's a fresh, easy drinking pills brewed with 100% malted barley, which we talked about earlier on, and a long, slow fermentation. And uh, kind of like my golf swing delivers a truly smooth, now my golf swing's not smooth at all, but it does also <laughs> uh, provide a refreshing taste, perfect for your day out on the golf course. I don't like golfing. Oh. Why not? Ah, listen. Yes. I've been one time in my life. And he tore up the 18th green. Just <laughs> mocked it up. Oh, yeah. brutal. The superintendent was not happy. That's not true. We don't know what they felt. I know what they felt. They weren't happy. Yeah, you, you, can't, you can't ruin the course, Tyler. Uh, so on Untapped, you can follow us at Craft Beer Connoisseurs and on our Instagram at Craft Beer Cons. The overall rating for this Pin High Pills is 3.65 out of 5 with 101 check-ins. Only one five, though. Some would call that a hole-in-one. Yeah, so that is, Brett, for math, less than 1% for you. Thank you. Uh, So the can, which we are having today, has 74 check-ins with a 3.67 average. Nice. All right, let's grab our glass, grab our can. It's a nice one. And let's open her up. Oh, very nice. Chris, what glassware are we going to be drinking instead of? Well, since it is a Pilsner, we are drinking this out of a pint glass. So again, make sure to use your proper glassware as always. Yeah, so producer Chuck is looking forward to this one. Say, getting a little bit uh, sleepy there, as we previously mentioned. Uh, just keep pouring there. You're going to get a nice little head on it. That's nice. Good job. Yeah. Perfect job, Chuck. Okay, Brett, you want to talk about the uh, you want to talk about the can itself, and uh, we've already know what the glass looks like. Sure. So um, the can itself uh, has a nice little golf ball with uh, you know kind of where I'd be on a par four, uh, about a three yeah, foot right. bunker, yeah, right. yeah, three foot putt for birdie. 
Oh, that's no, a bunker. That's not a bunker, no. Uh, no I think no. that's your three-foot putt for triple bogey. No, 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 no. Pin <laughs> Another high, type of pin beer. high for birdie, my friend. A pin high for birdie. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of, again, straightforward. I, I feel as though a lot of these golf courses are going to have this beer coming up this year. Yeah. Because it just makes sense. Let's be serious. Why right? not? Yeah, I remember one time I uh, chucked myself and uh, Brett went out for a golf uh, thing. For you know, the one time it's, that it's, he went golfing. It's for, called the round. For, yeah. for our baseball team, and uh, we were playing best ball, but we used more of Chucks than my balls, so that's interesting. I might have been indulging in too many pin-high pilsners that day. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. the way it goes, but uh, you've got you've to gotta use at least each person's drive a certain amount of time. Oh, so. trust we, me. We when you saw Brett's, you didn't want to use it. Uh, the, uh, the back nine was worse than the front nine. But front we, nine, we used a lot of mine. Back nine, not so much. That's a lie. When we look at this beer, though, we see a lot of translucent. Again, very clear, very crisp looking, right? Um, a very soft yellow, I would yes. describe it as. Uh, Chuck's oh, giving Chuck, me. Chuck's got the flashlight out. But look, Finally, there's some light in here. Good uh, lord! Al- <laughs> illuminating the whole entire. He's room. just trying to wake himself up. Um, in terms of the head retention, there's not a whole lot there. What do you guys? Uh, you guys smell anything on this one? We got for a pills. Uh, n- not overly strong. No, on, yeah, kind of just kind of sitting there. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty subtle, um, but has that. You know, it has that f- scent of of a pilsner that you would kind of expect, though. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, get sipping this one. I was going to say, just the taste of a pilsner. Chris, well, since you're the first one in, you let me know. Mm. Okay, take another sip. Right? When <laughs> you, let me know. Right? You're going to be the second one in? You I, let me I, know. I like to take a couple sips before I kind of kind of break it down. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely has that pilsner flavor, um, you know, with that, again, crispiness. Uh, and pretty smooth and, uh, you know, a little bit of that maltiness coming through. Getting a little floralness here on the back end. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not getting that. Um, a very traditional kind of Pilsner. Uh, it is lighter. Um, it's not overbearing, which, again, sometimes Pilsner, Pilsners, I can see sometimes on the back end, it leaves this uh, bit of a lingering uh, flavor profile. I'm not really getting that with this. It, it's it's pretty subdued. We're talking low ABV, right? Yep. yep. So very easy drinking. Um, yeah, it, it's 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 going nicely so far. Yeah, four point three percent. Yeah. So so again, fa- fairly low. A decent range for a pilsner. Again, this is a, again a beer that you're going to probably during an eighteen hole round. That's uh, what it's called a round. Um, <laughs> And you, and you play 18 holes yeah, 18 per round. Holes. Yeah, yes. yeah. Probably have three There's or four. There's so many jokes about being around, but we'll go with it. Uh, you know, probably have three or four of these. Easily. Oh, at least, right? Yeah. yeah. As long as you I wouldn't. It. I wouldn't suggest doing a beer hole. No. A beer well, no, that, that would be 18. As long as That's you have somebody that is uh, being your designated driver. because Both with the golf cart and your way home. Right. Mm-hmm. Don't don't drive the cart if you're having four of these. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's get in the five uh, flavor profiles. I'm going to take these ones, guys, if you don't mind. Please do. I'll lead this one. I'll uh, lead off, right? That's what you do when you're the first one to take your strokes. You're the leadoff guy? Good. Sounds uh, good. No, no, but sure. Okay. Well, I mean, we'll allow you to have it, but... It, it's called you're away, but okay. I'm right here. I'm right beside you. Uh, number I one you right is here. smooth. Yeah, it goes down. Definitely smooth. Yeah, it's smooth, but I don't know if it's number one for me. Yeah, it's not number one, but it's within the top five. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Number two is refreshing. Yeah, it is refreshing. It, it would certainly be nice to have, uh, you know, on a hot day on the course, right? Right. Or um, not on the course. Of course. Uh, number three is light. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah this light. is definitely light. Yeah. 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 Again, we talked about what the alcohol content is. Um, again, just visually, it looks light and it tastes the same way that it kind of looks. Like it's, it's very true to itself, I feel like, at least. Yeah. Um, Chuck, gone quiet. Uh, number four, malty. Chuck's sleeping. Um, malty, it, it's, you can kind of taste it, but it's not, you know, anything special for me. Uh, I'm going to kind of take it out of the top five. If there was a sixth option, probably be number six. Yeah, it doesn't jump out to me at all. And number five, full. I don't even know what that means. Uh, so, no, it's not full. Well, yeah, because our glass is now half full. <laughs> or is it half empty? Oh, look at you go. So Chuck says, uh, no crisp again? Question mark. Or crushable? Question mark. Oh, definitely crushable. This beer is definitely crushable. Yeah, it, it is. Put that in top five for sure. And I agree. Like, crisp is kind of a you know, a hallmark of a Pilsner. And I'm, I, I would say this does have that crispiness, maybe not like a number one, but mm-hmm. maybe three or four yeah. for sure. Okay. So let's get to some untapped user thoughts on this. And a fun fact, five photos on untapped were on a golf course. Yeah. As it should be. Yeah, exactly. Makes so, sense. Right? Rather appropriate. Chris. Chris. I mean, it's not like we've been able to play golf for a while, but you know, uh, you haven't gone indoors. Have you? No, no, no. I got a question about indoor golf later, but I'll save it for offline. But yeah. remind me. <laughs> okay, can't wait for that. Uh, so the first review comes from Eric S. Uh, Eric R. Schiller is the handle on December 22nd. Said floral herbal hop, golden malt, reminiscent of breech, uh, bread dough. A touch yeasty. Very mild bitterness, nice but not thrilling, and Eric gave it a three point two five out of five. You wanna know the best part of that whole thing? What? Is that you stumbled over the words that you wrote. <laughs> that's yeah. all. Yeah. That's my bad. Hey. Happens. We we've all done it. That's <laughs> script writing one oh one. Uh, I'm going to take the stab at the next one, and hopefully I do not mess this up, or else I will not hear the end of it. Uh, it comes from a lovely name of Ty V. The oh, handle is name. Golf Guy Ty, which I was actually going to use as mine, but it was already taken. Right, yeah. So I couldn't use yeah, it, so totally. Ty V, you, you took it on me. Oh. <laughs> so on November 7th, which was relatively close to my birthday, but you shouldn't probably be at a golf course on November 7th, but hey, to each their own, um, stated the following. Good, but not as good as Mike N's golf game. Four under for fun, which coincidentally is usually what I get on the course right? when I'm doing a round right. um, and paying for a round usually after because I've usually got the best score. Because you've won. You're yeah. welcome. Yeah. Um, give it a 3.75 out of 5. Brett, please, with your strokes, let us know what you're going to give this a score of. I'm going to give this a 3.5 out of 5. Very nice. I'm going to come in with a 3.25 out of 5. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go a bit lower than both of you. I'm going to go with a 3.0. And Chuck coming in at 3.25 also. Yeah. The, the odd time, you know, Chuck, you know, struggles a little bit, but it's, it's all good. So that gives us a team overall score of 3.25. And shall we uh, kind of move on to the second beer? Maybe go into another hole? Yeah. Another beer? Let's do it. All right. 
right, we're back. So the second beer we're going to have is Walkerville's Irish Red Ale, 4.8 ABV and 20 IBUs. Nice. I'm actually looking forward to this. We haven't really had a whole lot of Irish yeah. Red Ales. That's no, fair. we haven't. And I enjoy a good Red Ale, so I'm, I'm, I am looking forward to this one. So again, a bit of a discrepancy here. On Untapped, it's called Redbeard Irish Red Ale, but on the can, there's no mention of Red Beer at all. Now, that could be because we haven't had it yet and spilled it all over our good, luscious beards that we don't really have. But we do have a little hey, bit some of... some of us have nice well, beards. Yeah, yeah. Not, it's not like a full beard. Oh, like, you mean we're, like... Yeah, we're not you know going I mean? down to our chest. We've all got yeah. a little scruff. Yeah, but we're not sure. talking about full-on red beard style. No, true. All right? Relax, relax. So, this beer with a deep red color true to its name. This ale is going to be very mild and easy drinking, complemented by a subtle fruity character from the English yeast. Oh, my goodness. I got a lot of talking here, fellas. So, on Untapped, there are 600... 26 check-ins. 26, that's right. Yeah. Yes, producer's a little slow on this. We hope that the information is up to date with a 3.61 rating. The can, there's 84 ratings at 3.67, which is slightly above the average. Now, most check-ins are actually by draft. Oh, which you we don't like see, to see that a lot. Yeah. You, really, you really don't, which is, um, again, promising to hopefully that redevelopment of that uh, that area, right? Lots, lots of locals are checking in. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Um, which is 223 readings at 3.65. So, again, still above. Now, with that being said, you guys want to know what the fives out of fives are. How many? We have 17. 17 Ooh. five mm-hmm. out of fives. That's a good amount. Yeah, I, I so. It's a great amount. It's a great amount, it's an actually. Unbelievable yeah. amount. So what we're gonna do here is we're gonna probably open up this can. So you wanna grab that can? You wanna grab your glass. And let's open her up. Ooh. Nice. So, Chris, what do we got there, bud? Well, we are drinking this Irish red ale out of a mug today so make sure to use your proper glassware that is correct not a red glass just a mug no definitely not a red glass today no you want to keep it off your beard yeah totally perhaps all right what are we looking at fellas what do we got here i see a nice red hue definitely red um and pretty i mean it's not necessarily see-through because it's red but it's a it's a clear beer like there, there's nothing floating around, um, you know, no adjuncts or anything like that. Definitely mm-hmm. a clear red ale. Yeah, no, I like it. The uh, head on it is is again a tight kind of kind of um, uh, condensed form kind of bubble. Um, I, I think we all got a little bit of head on ours. Yeah, uh, yeah. Brett, you're a little bit. A little, a little bit smaller, but not too bad. A little frothy on the head, too. Yeah. 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 And then the condensation, and what's that look like? The carbonation, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Sure, what did I say? Condensation. condensation. Cons- oh, that's twice I've done that. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, I've done why? that in the last couple of weeks. I don't know why I've done that. I don't why? know. Uh, you know what? I keep thinking of like the inoculation points, is really where I want to go a with it. I'm a big fan of condensation. Mm. Well, this, if I lay this out here in the sun, we'll probably get there. It's true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's true. Uh, so carbonation, uh, again, not really a lot going on with this beer, um, which is okay, I think. I also find ale. this color to be a lot darker of a red than I was expecting, personally. Oh. You thought it was going to be darker, right? Eh? Yeah. No, I oh. thought it was going to be lighter, sorry. 
Lighter. Like okay. it, this is a very much a darker red than what I was expecting. Right. Gotcha. Yes. Mm. I I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it's pretty pretty spot on to what I was expecting. To be honest. What What about on the nose? You guys get anything off the nose? Mm. A little bit. They They mentioned something about uh, some fruity notes. Uh, I do get a little bit of you know fruit on the on the nose. Yeah, I think like maybe some stone fruit, perhaps. Mm. What do you say? Yeah, maybe maybe that, or even a little bit of citrus. Yep. To be honest, yeah, I'm interested to see how this plays out. Yeah, because I feel like it could kind of go between a couple of different areas. So I, I am looking forward to that. So okay. Well, shall we taste it? Yeah. Let's think, do it. All right. I think we should. I, I think we should too. That's right. why I suggested it. Mm. Okay. You get anything? The the uh, back end kind of gives you like makes you. It's weird because it almost made me pucker, and I know it's not a sour, but it's kind of just you had that last sip, you're like. Can't yeah, quite put your finger on it. You know what I mean. I I know what you're saying totally. Uh, so I I do think there is a little bit of again fruitiness, like just a tiny bit, a little bit of sweetness, uh, and then obviously that maltiness that you would expect yeah. from caramel uh, malts uh, are coming through for sure. Yeah, uh, but not like overpowering from a caramel perspective. Like sometimes that red ale is very sweet, like su- a sugar, a su- you know, sugar sweetness mm-hmm. rather than a, a fruit sweetness. But I think this is more on the fruit side. Yeah. I, I get the whole kind of like butterscotchy kind of flavor to this, mm-hmm. but again, it's not like overpowering in any sense. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's nice. Like it's subtle. Um, it's a very mellow beer. Like, yeah. Just, like yeah. it, it's got a good flavor profile. There's nothing that's really like jumping out and, and kind of like distracting me from it. Yep. Um, yeah. I, I think it's nice. You know, and we mentioned that we don't really have a lot of red ales, on the podcast and i think this is one of the beers you're one of the styles of beers that is actually underrated in terms of being a beer that non-craft beer drinkers yeah. really gravitate to um i don't know what it is but it, it's kind of like a lot of people if they're not really into the craft beer scene if they go to a craft brewery they might look to a red ale for whatever reason Un- underrated underappreciated at the same time yeah I, true uh, Totally. Tyler? Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think something like this, again, it's not like a beer you're going to have like three, four of them. No. But no. one or two with a nice dinner and, and you get that, um, you get down the road a little bit where you understand what kind of pairings that this would work with and you really, you can have a really good dinner and this I think is going to help kind of like amplify the food that you're actually I having. feels like a nice uh, ham potato kind of a dish would be very compliment this very nicely see i was thinking more of a red meat yeah i was thinking steak like a, um like a steak or or like even a burger like a yeah. nice burger yeah, okay. like this this would go well with like a medium medium rare maybe yeah this is like honestly this beer would be really good as your you know substitute to a red wine yeah uh yeah. You, you know Fair. when you're what you're having with a you know with your food so I, 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 that's a good call in terms of the pairing with the food. Uh, producer Chuck coming in here. Pork chops. Loves himself mm. a good pork chop. Yeah. Not bad, but see, a pork chop I would think would go more with an IPA. 
And like again, you kind of match it with the wine style. Like a pork chop, I think would be more with a white, white, yeah, than, than you would with a, with a red. And something like this, maybe um, like a prime rib, even obviously oh, yes. kind oh. of going that way. Would, would prime rib in a while, yeah, right? Yeah. Would, would be nice. So that's where I, I kind of see this, yeah. like a prime that's rib, fair. maybe a mixed veggie in there, something, uh, yeah. something basic. Again, I'm not the food guy. Um, no, if it's in front of me, I will eat it. Food will definitely bring out uh, the best in this beer. Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of the top five flavor profiles, let's get into that. Number one is smooth. Yeah. Yeah. It, it goes down smooth. It, it's smooth. It's, it's nice. It's, it's, again, balanced. Yeah, I agree. Number two is malty. Um, A little bit of malt, but I wouldn't put it as number two, personally. Yeah, I was in, in the same. five, but not number two. Yeah. Uh, number three is sweet. The sweetness, I think, comes from that caramel butterscotch mm-hmm. kind of uh, on the back flavor. end. Um, but that's where I would almost—I don't. Can I jump ahead a little bit? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So like, caramel's not on this list. No, it's not. Yeah. And and I would I would put it on here and maybe move that malty down, move the sweet up, move the the, the caramel on there, and yeah. and producers saying the exact same sort of thing, like possible. Um, caramel to be on the list. So that's where I'm kind of comfortable. Yeah, number four is light, which I don't necessarily think this is light. No, I don't think this beer drinks light. No. Right? I know at 4.8%, and I always found like red ales kind of drink a little bit higher than what the ABVs advertise, personally. So I, I think I kind of get where they're going with this as it's, it is light. To me, it, it, it's a light red ale. Um, I don't feel like encumbered by it in any sort of way, um, and this kind of goes with again like meal pair, uh, pairings and, yeah. and what that looks like. Is I feel like I could have a couple of these and not feel bloated in any sense. Um, I think it drinks light. It, it's again, it it doesn't feel like it, it weighs me down in any like flavor profile aspect. Yeah, fair. So the last one is uh, creamy. Uh, personally, not really getting yeah, creamy from this. Yeah, if you're gonna put it in there, I I, I actually wish that this was kind of creamy. Mm-hmm. Now that I see it, I was like, oh, it it would be really nice to be a little bit more. Kind you know of what? Creamy. I, I'm gonna borrow a line from Brett and say this beer would be great with lactose. Oh no, <laughs> the lactose train. <laughs> has what about arrived. some vanilla extract? Yeah, vanilla. Perhaps, right? Are we talking yeah. about Pretty real vanilla or real vanilla extract? You know, <laughs> it's, it's is it the bean or is it the yeah, extract? No, just say vanilla. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, what about what other people think about this? Let's check out what uh, some of our untapped users think. Yeah, let's let's yes. check that out, Brett. So the first one is from Corda Kickass, K, with the handle of Corda Kickass. On August 9th, 2021, said, It's reading sweet to my palate. Honestly, all the Walker, Walkerville beers are drinking sweet. Three out of five. I would have liked for some investigative uh, journalism there. To understand if that individual had more than one Walkerville uh, beer, if they'd had a flight or something on that uh, that same time, because it sounds like they've had several. It it does sound like that, which yeah. feel like they may be one of them locals. Kudos to you. Yeah. Um, so I've got the next one. The next one is Darren D. The handle is Engineer D two, um, like the Mighty Ducks, but the second one um, <laughs> on December eighteenth, twenty twenty. So going we're going back. We're going we are going back. Uh, stated, slightly sweet, malty, nice balance of flavor. Three point two five out of five. I think that's a very justifiable uh, response, mm-hmm. Darren. Yeah, 
I can't argue with Darren or Corda Kickass. Um, I would say I am leaning towards a 3.0 on this one. Okay. I am going to go with a 3.25. All right. And for myself, I'm going to give this, again, a very balanced beer. Um, good flavor coming through. I'm going to give it a 3.5. And producer Chuck is also going to give it a 3.5. Which, Chris, if you could do the math on that one, or at least have Chuck do the math for you. Yeah, Chuck is saying this is a 3.3125, uh, which we are going to round down slightly to 3.25. Yes, agreed. And uh, that concludes our review of Walkerville and the beers that they provided for the episode today. Very nice. So coming up, we're going to share some of our most memorable post-secondary school experiences Hopefully, they're all good ones. All right, we're back in school. Ooh, oh, huh? school is in session. It is. There you go. School's out for a summer. No, actually, school, for school's us, in. Actually, for us, school's out forever. Because oh. I don't think any of us are going back. I still uh, do education. I hope to God I'm not going I back to school. I guess we all do, we all do professional <laughs> development, but like actually going back for an actual program if you will yeah that that is not in the cards for me and now uh, so, do my masters we'll see oh all right so you may remember from past episodes or even this episode that tyler and i went to university in windsor which but is never went to walkerville no which is also the home of walkerville brewery uh and we met there uh in windsor don't so. sound so excited about it we met there. there uh, so we thought that this would be a perfect episode to talk about our post-secondary school experiences. So maybe we'll just kind of recap for everybody who's not necessarily following along. Where did we go to post-secondary and what subjects did we tag? So again, I went to Windsor. I took uh, business, uh, specifically accounting. Um, Brett? Uh, I went to Fanshawe. Took uh, Wreck and Leisure. Passed. Passed. <laughs> We're all surprised by that, too. D for done. It wasn't a D. <laughs> it was an A for... Effort. Yes. <laughs> a for effort. Wow. Good job. <laughs> so I went to uh, University of uh, Windsor as well. I uh, did the sociology, criminology thing, and then uh, I graduated with a minor in philosophy. And then I also did a postgrad in community social service management through Conestoga. Yeah. And so Chuck. Uh, Chucker. Did, yeah. He did kinesiology uh, at Western. Yes. Yeah, so we're oh. watching uh, many episodes of his favorite show, Walker, Texas Ranger. Ah, oh, yes. does he like that? Yeah. Who doesn't? Yes. He, he also did further education, but uh, he's being a little secretive about what that is. It's true. So, yeah. I don't know. Wow. Uh, Chuck keeps secrets. Maybe he was doing some uh, karate or something like that. Karate. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> all right. All right. So when we went to post-secondary, did we live in residence or you know a rental home or did we live at home? So me personally, I, I lived in residence the first year and then rented a house for uh, the final three years of, of school. Yep. Uh, first year I lived in residence. Second year I lived in a rental home with uh, two of my friends. Uh, was was the time? Let's go that. Was the time? <laughs> was the time I was there once? Mm-hmm. Oh wow! A couple times actually. 
Um, yeah. So for myself, I was in residence first and second year, actually. Um, mm. Second year it was a very strange situation. Different residence. Different residence, yeah. yep. Uh, third year, I lived in a house uh, with several Italian, Italian A lot women. of people. Uh, one being my ex-girlfriend at the time. Well, you, you lived in a house with, what, five women? I had five women. And I lived Five in a house Italian with, women. I lived in a house with four See, women. that sounds like a dream, but also a nightmare at the same time. And one of them was my ex-girlfriend at the time. I'll, I'll tell you what. People think that men are messy. Ooh, women no. are messy. It was, it was bad. It was bad. <laughs> and then my last year, I lived in a house shared with a couple other individuals. And at one point in time, um, I ceiling was on fire but it wasn't when i was there it was, it was <laughs> prior to my arrival it was a whole thing but um i was looking for somewhere to stay my last year because um, obviously i was gonna stay with my ex um another year and um yeah i mean it was a decent place so what you're saying here is not maybe not ceiling of the roof but the roof the roof the roof was on fire <laughs> at one point in time yes 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 it was Oh, <laughs> uh, well, good old Chucky. He uh, he was in residence for his first year of university and then a home rental for the final three years. So kind of the same thing. Um, his secretive continuing education, he spent another four years in a basement apartment. So again, another kind of off-campus home rental. Um, now, you know, university, college, like, did we actually learn that much? Uh, like, personally... I, I feel like it you know, shows. Go <laughs> ahead. <laughs> I, so I, f- I feel like the most valuable thing that I learned and that I took from university is like how to be independent, how to live on my own and how to be an adult rather than actually like that academic learning. But university yeah, didn't good throw thought throw you that information it was just by circumstance you yes you yeah. learned that yeah okay right that's why like i would recommend to anybody if they are going to post-secondary education to not live at home to get right. that opportunity to be on your own and learn how to live on your own i think in terms of did we actually learn much it's a it's a two-ended question the first part would be the actual program that i took yes i learned a lot do I use much of that today in my own life? No. But in terms of actually learning more about yourself as an individual and as a person while you go there, yes. Yep. I learned a lot about myself and what it takes to be an adult and be a person. And I think that's more of the lessons that I've taken with me that I carry with me today. Yeah, totally agree. Fair enough. I think for myself is... It developed my ability to critically think. Um, and maybe this was just, again, differentiating on like the programs that we took, right? And maybe I, I was just a little bit more cognizant of that situation and said, okay, this is who I am. This is what I know. Um, but I, I did learn some skills as I went through my program. Um, I don't know. I, I, I saw it a little bit differently. And, and maybe that's just because I, I tried to look at it in a different perspective. Um, but I always felt like I needed to challenge myself or else really what was my, my point of being there, right? Yeah, and I think that you know maybe had a lot to do with the program that you were in where it required that kind of you know critical thought, critical thinking. Way, yeah. Whereas like my program, for example, is more of like you do a test are you providing the right answer? Yes or no. There's no right. real actual 
like thinking about and, it. And if you look at what we've all taken in post-secondary, we all kind of took four really different things. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Sure. Like all different spectrums, if you will. Right. Um, producer uh, Chuck uh, agreed with me. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> but he had uh, a lot of life lessons, right? Maybe more so learned a lot about himself versus more so the uh, topics and um, programs that he was studying. Yeah. So what about the best part of your experience at post-secondary school? So, I mean, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that I met my wife at uh, <coughs> university as well. And oh, oh and, and Tyler, I oh, met sorry. you there. Yeah. Just clear my throat yeah. there. <laughs> uh, if you look back at a previous episode we did, apparently uh, Tyler uh, was there a lot for Subway. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. He 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 was eating Subway all day all at day. my house. Yeah. So all day every day. So I, I guess that would be uh the best part is, you know, meet, meeting my future wife. Yes. Uh best part for me is kind of again just moving away from home. Granted I was moved 45 minutes away from home, so it's still kind of there, but just again growing more so as a person, right? And and growing to be more independent and actually learn more about myself. That is beautiful. Which I don't know if it worked out well for me, but at the same time. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the best part for myself is, I guess, discovering who I am, what I'm about. Um, I went through a couple different relationships during during school and and understanding what independence was and and kind of navigating that whole entire, like, social kind of understanding. Um, There's there's nothing I I would change about it. And uh, I I, I kind of miss those, so uh, miss those those memories, right? And, yeah, yeah. It was it was definitely a good time, and uh, yeah, I agree. Though I I, I kind of miss that. Wouldn't yeah. change it. Wouldn't change it for the world. But I get, at the same time, we are all now grown adults. Some of us was children. Some of us, you know, getting been married. Some of us getting married, etc. Right? Yeah. So. I, I would change it. I would change some things. I would. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, why don't we wrap this up and uh, get to our farewells here? All right. That's going to be it for today's episode. Thank you again for listening. Keep on listening every other Thursday as Craft Beer Connoisseurs releases a new episode and on our off Thursdays for a producer special. And make sure to tell your friends, family, and Chuck Norris. Oh, man. I was hoping it was going to be a professor. I had somebody lined up. <laughs> professor Craddock, my man. Uh, so from all of us and producer Chuck, I'm Tyler. I'm Rhett. And I'm Chris. And together, we are the Craft Beer Connoisseurs. <laughs> <laughs>